1: Thank you all for joining us this morning. Before I turn the call over, I need to advise that certain statements made during this call today may contain forward-looking information and actual results could differ from the conclusions or projections in that forward-looking information, which include but are not limited to statements with respect to the estimation of mineral reserves and resources the timing and amount of estimated future production, cost of production, capital expenditures, future metal prices, and the cost and timing of the development of new projects. For a complete discussion of the risks, uncertainties, and factors which may lead to actual financial results and performance being different from the estimates contained in the forward-looking statements please refer to Yamana's press release issued yesterday announcing third quarter 2021 results, as well as the management's discussion and analysis for the same period and other regulatory filings in Canada and the United States. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded and will be available for replay today at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Replay information and the presentation slides accompanying this conference call and webcast are available on Yamana's website at yamana.com. I will now turn the call over to Mr. Daniel Racine, President and CEO.
2: Thank you, Operator. Thank you all for joining us and welcome to our third quarter 2021 conference call and webcast. Presenting with me today is Jason LeBlanc, our CFO. Joan Bouchard, our Chief Operating Officer, Gerardo Fernandez, Senior VP Corporate Development, and Henry Marsden, Senior VP Exploration, will be available to answer questions during the Q&A portion of the call. I will start as always with health and safety. Our total recordable injury rate was 0.68 for the first month of 2021. The health and safety of our employees always come first and is something we have always trying to improve. Since the beginning of the pandemic, we have taken quick action to limit the impact of COVID-19 on our operations and the communities in which we operate. We put in place across the company to minimize the spread of COVID-19. We are happy to report that we expect over 90 percent of our employees to be fully vaccinated before the end of the fourth quarter. During the the third quarter, we completed human rights risk assessment at all our sites in line with the voluntary principles on security and human rights. We also approve a responsibility policy covering all aspects of health and safety and sustainable development. This is available to view on our website. Earlier this year, we introduced our climate strategy. In Q3, we perform workshops with each operation to establish roadmaps for each operation that describe project, cost, and schedule. These actions will help ensure that it's long-range GHG reduction efforts are supported by practical and operationally focused short, medium, and long-term action to achieve the targets. Moving on to our third quarter results. Jason will review our quarter in more detail, but I want to spend a moment to recognize the strong performance of our mines mines delivered. Canadian Malartic, Jacobina, and El Pignon, all had standout quarters and Cerro Moro also produced excellent results. In total, from our five operating mines, we achieved the second highest quarterly gold production ever in Q3, with record-breaking gold production expected in Q4. As previously guided, we mentioned production was weighted at 53% for the second half of the year, with the fourth quarter being the strongest quarter we did better than planned in the first half of the year, so don't be surprised if we do the same in the second half. We are in a very, very good position, strong position, to achieve our or exceed our production guidance of 1 million geo ounces. I will also mention that September was the lowest cost month of the quarter, and we expect this trend to continue to Q4 where we expect to deliver mini, mini lower costs. Before talking about Odyssey, the Odyssey project, let me congratulate our exploration team at the Canadian Malartic General Partnership. They have been awarded Discovery of the Year by the Quebec Mineral Exploration Association for East Goldie. What an important discovery for the underground mine, assuring multi-decades of production. We are very proud of them at Yamana. At Odyssey, development of the underground ramp continued to perform well. The head frame slit form pour started in September and 93 meter was completed October 19 in 21 days. Structural steel installation is expected to start in November and being completed during Q4. Infill drilling from underground is defini- defining the Odyssey internal zone, which are not currently included in the Life of Mine Plan, but have potential to add underground production within the next five years. Exploration continues to deliver exciting results at Odyssey, and something we will continue to provide updates on. Turning now to Jacobina and our exploration project, expansion project, which continues to exceed our expectations. The mine has delivered significant progress on the Phase two expansion. A new daily throughput of over 8,800 tonnes per day was achieved in September during a trial test to, to test the plant capacity. But the potential we see for Jacobina extends well beyond Phase two. As we have mentioned in the past, we will advance work towards our Phase three expansion, but the true potential lies even beyond this. Jacobina is located in a mining jurisdiction with huge potential. It shares similar geology to the gold district in West and South Africa that hosts massive gold deposits. We are seeing the potential for the Jacobina Belt to become an entire gold mining district, which we own 100%. The Jacobina mine has produced over 2 million ounces and has over 8 million more ounces in mineral inventory, and this is all within a small portion of our land package, which is over 150 kilometers. In the future, Jacobina could very well be a complex of mines producing at a scale of over 400,000 ounces and continuing to be one of the lowest-cost mines in the Americas. At our WASAMAC project, permitting and engineering are continuing to advance. And as you may have seen from our press release during the quarter, exploration is already beginning to deliver some exciting results, especially at the Wildcat target. The Wildcat zone is located 300 meters south of the Wazashir. Initial step-out drilling has expanded the down-deep continuity of the known historic zones that are now included in the current mineral reserve or mineral resources, highlighting the potential for zones with higher grade to increase future production and extend mine life. Our planning field and exploration drilling has the potential to generate additional mining mineral reserves that will sustain a 200,000 ounces production level for an extended period and support a strategic mine life of more than 15 years. I also want to take a moment to speak about Mara, another high quality asset in our portfolio with huge potential. The project is one of the world's lowest capital intensity copper projects and we are working to advance it. In the quarter work progressed on the engineering design, drilling at site, and furthering studies and permitting. We are at a very important moment for this asset and there are multiple paths forwards, all of which deliver value for our shareholders. And that, that value is huge as you can see on this slide. At $4, at $4 per pound, copper and 1,700 per ounces, Mara as an NPV of over $4 billion, and we own 56.25% of that. We will evaluate all possible avenues to deliver the most value to our controlling interests. The opportunity we have to deliver value from this project that is not currently captured in our share price is truly exciting. And I will now pass the call over to Jason can go over our quarterly results in more detail.
3: Thank you, Daniel, and good morning, everyone. I'll now provide a brief overview of our third quarter results, as Daniel mentioned. We recorded net earnings of $27 million, or $0.03 cents per share, and on an adjusted basis, $69.7 million, or $0.07 cents per share, with the main adjusting item relating to our early note redemption premium. We also saw strong cash flows in the third quarter, with a step change increase quarter over quarter which I'll come back to in more detail in a moment, but this profile of a strong third quarter is what we had expected at the start of the year. If you recall, at the beginning of the year, we guided that production would be weighted 47% of the first half and 53% to the back half of the year, and that the fourth quarter would be our strongest. Our results through nine months have tracked this profile, and we expect Q4 production to exceed 270,000 GEO, which positions us to achieve our annual guidance of one million GEO production for the year. On costs, recall in the second quarter, we had indicated that we were seeing some inflationary pressures from certain consumables with an impact of approximately $20 per ounce above our planning assumptions at the start of the year. This is still our expectation. But with our planned ramp up in sequential quarterly production, our unit costs have been decreasing since earlier this year. We really started seeing some of that better cost performance later in Q3. In September, we had meaningfully meaningfully lower costs at several mines And to give some gauge of that, on a consolidated basis, ASIC for September was about 10% lower than our average Q3 costs. We expect that trend to continue into Q4, where along with the increase in production, our ASIC for Q4 should be between 5% and 10% lower than our ASIC for Q3, which will translate to our strongest cash flows for the year. Moving on to results from our minds in a bit more detail. Medium Arctic followed its exceptional second quarter with another strong quarter in Q3, benefiting from higher grade and recoveries compared to last year. Jacobina also followed its strong performance in Q2 with another solid quarter in Q3. Production in the quarter was close to the record-setting production established in Q2, with mill throughput above plan and with recovery and grade as expected. The mine is on track to sustain 7,500 tonnes per day of ore to the mill by the end of the year, which will support our path to the Phase Two expansion at Jacobina. Zero Moro also had an exceptional third quarter, with GEO production increasing 50% from the second quarter. More mining faces continued to be opened up in the quarter, with more mill feed coming from the higher-grade underground ore. This trend will continue in the fourth quarter, which is expected to be the strongest production of the year, with stable throughput, but at higher grades. With stronger production expected in Q4, Zero Moro's costs are expected to be lower as well. Shifting over to operations in Chile, El Peñon delivered solid results with GEO production increasing 19% quarter over quarter. Recall we had indicated El Peñon was one of the mines that would contribute to our back-end weighted production profile. The higher-grade zones that contributed to that profile came into the mine sequencing during Q3 and we expect this will continue through the remainder of the year with a further increase in silver production for Q4. At Monero, Florida, production was just under 22,000 ounces but we are expecting a strong fourth quarter both in terms of higher production and lower costs and the mine is off to a great start so far in October. And on to our financial performance for the third quarter. We continue to generate robust cash flows with cash flows from operating activities and cash flows from operating activities before working capital, increasing from the second quarter by 24% and 21% respectively. We also generated great free cash flow during the quarter, which increased 59% to $81.6 million, up from Q2. There were some other notable events during the quarter. We further strengthened our financial position by repaying $720 million of existing debt and completing an offering of $500 million in senior notes due to 2031, with a net impact reducing our gross debt by about $220 million. Aside from increasing our average tenor on debt, Our interest costs were reduced by approximately $20 million annually, which provides further flexibility for capital allocation. We also repurchased 3.3 million shares during the quarter since we initiated our share repurchase program. We will remain opportunistic with our NCIB and continue to use it as a further tool in delivering returns. But to wrap up, I want to come back to the strong Q4 we expect with our highest production and lowest cost for the year. By extension, we'll see our strongest cash flow and free cash flow generation of the year as well. With that, I'll now turn the call back over to Daniel.
2: Thank you, Jason. And with that, I will turn it back over to the operator for question. Operator?
1: Certainly, thank you. We will now take questions from the telephone lines. If you have a question and you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset prior to making your selection. If you have a question, please press star one on your device's keypad. You may cancel your question at any time by pressing star 2. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. There will be a brief pause while the participants register. Thank you for your patience.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for 4 dollars each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: The first question is from Fahad Tariq with Credit Suisse. Please go
4: ahead. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, maybe first, just to clarify, uh, I thought I heard you say 5 to 10% lower ASIC quarter-over-quarter uh, quarter in Q4. Can you just confirm that?
3: Yep, you're right, Fraud.
4: Okay, great. Um, and then my second question, maybe just extending that, can you talk a little bit about um, like 2022? I know Q4 of this year benefits from the higher production, um, but what about going into next year? How does the inflation angle play in then?
3: Well, uh, first I'd say we're, you know, obviously we're going through a, a planning process right now. We'll deliver, a, you know, a full update on our guidance uh, early next year. Um, you know, directionally though, yeah, there's some inflation impact that will, you know, that'll carry over to next year. We're trying to keep a, a lid on that. We, we saw most of the inflation, um, you know, coming to cost later this year. That's uh, most of the impact that, that I mentioned. So, you know, we expend, expect that to continue over to, to next year as, as well but uh, we'll be taking other, you know, other uh, efforts to, to try to offset that. But, you know, we do think it's uh, it's here for the shorter term. We don't think this is uh, something that's going to continue on for, for years in the past. It does look like it's, you know, based some dislocations on their you know, supply side impacts, some commodity, you know, inputs are, are hurting us as well. But, um, you know, we're, we're doing our best to offset it.
4: Uh, okay. And, and then just maybe as a quick follow-up, can you talk a bit about, some of the measures you're taking to mitigate the inflation, because it sounds like from your comments that it's actually a bit l- more muted for for Yemena than it is for some of your peers that are talking about five to seven percent inflation on consumables, or even higher than that, um, you know, three to four percent, maybe five percent labor inflation. It sounds like it's, if I'm if I'm hearing correctly, it sounds like it's a bit more muted for Yemena. So I'm just trying to get a sense of what are the measures you're taking that that's allowing you to. Um, kind of see less of an impact
2: on inflation. Well, good morning, Fad. You're right. You know, we have already said in, in Q2 that we're seeing at a maximum $20 per ounce, so that's two percent in our case. So, what we did is early in the pandemic, you know, we have increased our inventory. We have continued to maintain our inventory a lot higher than they're usually are. And the fact that we bought some of them, the, the materials we need to operate our mines. You know, sooner so that that why that is why this year that was not uh, I don't know highly impacted maybe compared to to others. So there's some measures like that, and then on continuous basis, you know, we we review our uh, contract. We we try uh, you know uh, goods from other companies that are other suppliers, and then if they can provide the same quality with a better cost, then we're going to take advantage of this. So. And then we mentioned many times all our mines have operation excellence, we call it in the company. So there's many projects each year at each of the mine that are there to to know, reduce costs, mitigate costs, improve costs, because we, we have inflation on a normal basis with, with manpower and, and and materials. So that's part of our culture, that's part of what we do all the time to find ideas. And it's coming from from everybody in the organization, from from the miners having ideas from engineers from from people of, of technical service from all across the company and then we're sharing in between so joan and the team they meet they meet each mine meets together on a monthly basis or quarterly basis to share you know what they're doing to improve their costs and then if another mind can do the same we do it we have an initiate you know global procurement many years ago so when we go on tender for Globally, you, we, you, you can assume we have a lot better price than, than mine by mine. So that's a few of the things we're doing, but we're doing a lot to mitigate costs and then we've been successful doing it. Okay, great. Thank you. That's it for me.
1: Thank you. The next question is from Mike Jelenin with Bank of America. Please go ahead.
5: Oh, morning Dan, Jason, Johan, Gerardo, and Henry. Uh, Just had a couple of questions. Uh, Dan, you mentioned earlier that uh, you don't think Amara is being valued in your share price. me if i find misquoting you? Just wondering, what was your basis for that assumption and what steps are you taking to uh, enhance the value? Maybe a joint venture, sell the asset, or is it more longer-dated? My second question, uh, actually, I'll come back to it. That that was a long one to start off with.
2: Okay, I will start and then Eduardo can compliment. But, you know, there's, there's many that are carrying no value for Mara after we, we even published a, a strong prefeasibility study last year. The numbers we showed on our slide are, are speaking for themselves. You know, that mine is half-built. When we have integrated Alombrera and Aguarica together to form Mara, you know, there's always risk to spend 2.5, dollars 2800000000 billion on a project or $5 billion if you have to build a mill. This is behind us. The mill is built. We have the permit for the tailing facilities. We have all the infrastructure in place at Alombrera to to operate the mill. Uh, We have the permit to do it. We have huge open pit to even dispose tailing in the future. We have pipeline to transport the concentrate to the port. So that all exists. What we need to do at MARA is to Strip a big open pit and install the conveyors overland to the to the mill. So that's something very simple to do. So this is why we say. And then when we look at the valuation that's put on the market compared to the numbers you saw on the slide at $1,300 and $3 copper, that's not the price the do, the the gold is today and copper. So there's a lot of value there. We're working to. To, to, to show you the value, we're gonna publish a feasibility, final feasibility study next year, we're in the permitting phase. Uh, there's a lot of interest on that project and then our goal at Yamana is to to demonstrate the potential of MARA. I don't know, Eduardo if you want to add something on, on this, but we see huge potential with, with MARA in the future. Uh,
6: thank you, Daniel. Maybe just to add, uh, Mike, from our from valuation perspective, Daniel was saying there are a few uh, Points there that have zero value for the asset, um, I would say maybe others have uh, multiples of uh, metal content. Um, but if you look at what is the consensus versus what uh, a similar asset uh, based on on the development stage and the value, I think you can see that it, it will be a significantly higher value uh, even with um, with a multiple for feasibility stage right? that that's that's the reason behind that. And it's a high-quality asset, and with a profile for development, as Daniel was saying, that is is a lot lower risk than a a comparable asset. Uh, In terms of uh, paths to unlock value, our main path is to advance the project. We're doing the feasibility. uh, We're advancing the permitting, uh, advancing the social engagement, the social license. We have good progress there with the local team. And we have good progress on the technical side ourselves leading the the study, but also with our partners. Um, uh, There are other paths, there are other alternatives. you know, some mystery, there's interest for for copper assets in the industry. Um, we consider all options as we progress um, the project. Um, it's obviously the more we advance it,
2: the more the risk becomes, the more value it has. Well, we have great partner Mike uh, with with uh, with Blendcore and Newmont, and then the three companies were fully al- aligned. We're working together now for over two years to on the project. So, I think there's. Big value creation for for the three companies in, in this project.
5: Okay, great. Thanks for that comprehensive answer. And the uh, second question is on on your London listing. There was a lot of fanfare about this last year and uh, early this year, and uh, but I noticed the volumes have being very very low on London, still very high in Toronto and New York. So, just wondering is. Uh, are, is your mind happy with the London listing? Has it achieved what you wanted? Uh, just, just curious. Thanks.
6: Yeah, thank you for the question, Mike. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's a process. It's not a, a one-day uh, event. Um, it's a process, and we understand uh, investors in the UK and Europe and value relationship and long-term relationship. And um, we started traveling. Uh, now the restrictions are lifted, and are starting having a face-to-face meetings. So it, it is a. It's a long-term commitment from our part, and, and we're going to put the effort to to go there and meet face to face and and tell our story and show our results to to the investors.
2: Well, we had already a good base shareholders in 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 Europe and in in London specifically, and now we're we're meeting a lot of of new potential shareholders. And like Ardo mentioned, uh, Mike, it's it's not a one-day situation. It's a long-term establishing, you know uh partnership or, or meeting new people in the future. So we're there for long.
5: Okay. Well thanks for that and uh good luck.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you. The next question is from Tanya Jakuskinek with Scotia Bank. Please go ahead.
7: So good morning everyone. Thank you for taking uh, my questions. Um just wanted to circle back to Jason on the inflation question for twenty twenty two. Um, as we go through the inventory that you purchased earlier this year appreciate you on the labor side you've done all of your agreements um, just want to check with you if we look at 2022 um, would it be fair to assume that you know your inflationary pressures are coming from buying additional fuel consumables etc and therefore something in the three percent range would be appropriate over the 700 dollars per ounce sort of cost this year
3: yeah Danny I think that's uh, the way you laid it out there that's a reasonable you know thesis as we work through lower cost inventory purchases more more at market than you would have called it a cost plus compared to what we saw this this year but I think that you know the jury's still out for us and we're still through a planning process and you know, I think less exposure on some of the items that you mentioned there. You know, uh, you know, obviously we've got exposure to fuel, but with you know predominantly underground mines, we're just not consuming as as much as uh, as other operations. We've got power locked up uh, at all of our operations through next year, at you know, well better than than market rates. So I think there's a few other things going in in our favor, and to the extent we've had any you know inflation in region, I think you you see the kind of the natural hedge of currencies working out here as well, and Canadian dollar, I guess, being the uh, the outlier in in that regard so again that was our impact this year that was for a partial year so i think you know it's, it's fair to say by by extension that that impact could be you know uh, impact this year plus a little bit more for for next year but you know the final numbers will you know roll out into next year with our guidance
7: okay i appreciate that and, and just um, wanted to understand also um as we look at um some of your catalysts coming uh, through in the in the next you know few months we didn't have we had an expiration update in September wondered when we would get a next expiration update um, or any other studies or other things from now until you release your Q4 financials.
2: I think the next the next big uh, catalyst update, Tanya, is going to be in February. February we're going to have our new R and R, you know, the Q4 result. We're going to talk about the Cerro Moro e pleach and then uh, mill expansion. We said we were doing studies on both, so we're going to talk about it. Short Canadian Malartic with the Odyssey project, the Advance, uh, maybe some more exploration result. We have very good result, uh, uh, you know, after we we did release uh, uh, news uh, late, earlier this year. So you can assume that early next year we we will probably have an exploration uh, update. Uh, also, Chacobina, you know, uh, hopefully we'll get the, the permit, but we, of the 8,500 tonnes per day, the mine is already adjusting to that. You know, we we said 57 million at the beginning, you now we're talking 15 to 20, and that number is, is still going down, as you have seen in Q3. We have achieved, uh, we're able to achieve with the actual mill, 8,800 tonnes per day, so even better than, than what our Phase 2 plan. So, there's a lot of catalyst news coming uh, early in the year. Until then, I think it's going to be quiet in November and December and January. But February will be there will be a lot of news. We'll try to not to have all of them at the same time. I would say maybe a week or two apart. But there's there's many news coming early in the next year.
7: Right, that's that's good. And, and then maybe just on your reserves and resources, I just wanted to confirm with you. Um, on your pricing, um, are we looking at keeping the same pricing? You know, we are seeing a bit of inflationary pressures through the costs. So I'm just trying to understand whether the pricing, um, you will keep that constant as you had in, in 2020. And then that's the first question. And secondly, um, how do you feel about um, replacing your production in your reserve base this year or growing resources? And what mines should I focus on?
2: The price won't change. We we have 1250 now for many years. The 1250 is there to stay for for many more years. So that that inflation doesn't have in, any impact on on this. So 1250 is our number. And what is it? Uh, 18 or 17 for COP for silver? That's the two numbers that are constant for many years. That's the one we the, the one we're gonna keep on all the mines. Uh, and we can put colors, but we see very good result. As you can imagine, Kenyan Malartic, when you mine close to 700,000 ounces of your reserve each year, the reserve will go down, but the resources will continue to go up with the, the underground. Jacobina, we are already, you know, uh, I said earlier this year that we have more than replaced or found, found ounces to replace what we going to mine. We had very good success at uh, at El Pignon, as like usual. Moro, some very good news this year we didn't really speak a lot about it but you're going to see so all in all in general we're very confident that we will do like in the past uh, few years so replace depletion and then maybe add some ounces at some of the operation i don't know henry if you want to say something else but we're very confident go ahead
3: uh just uh Daniel's covered it really well. You know, we've we've had this very strong targets for the last few years of always replacing depletion. Um the sites are performing very well. Um uh, we're we're fairly confident we'll make that target. And you know, over the last few years we've seen consistent growth at Jacobina and uh, I think we'll see that again this year. And then, obviously, at Canadian Malarctic, uh, we're going to see some some growth in resources there, and perhaps a conversion of some of that inferred to indicated for that uh, February release as well.
7: Okay, so I so what I kind of take from that is you've got a good chance of at least replacing production in your reserves and growing your resources this year. Yes, uh,
3: yeah, precisely. Yeah.
7: And just maybe one last one on Sierra Moro Can can I just? Have a feel for how much additional material you could unlock if you decide to expand the mill.
2: Yeah, it's 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 basically uh, you know our cutoff tenure at Cerro Moro is very high because it's a very high grade mine. So you know when you have a high cutoff underground of six grams per ton and in, in the open pit three grams per ton, so. Uh, you know that mill was built expandable. We know the front end of the mill, so gr- crushing and grinding. It's already ab- above 2,000 uh, ton per day, or processing it, you know 1,000 to 1,100 tons per day right now. That's the max. But we know we, the front end can be able to do more than that. So you'll see in the study what's our thinking, and then sure, with expanding the mill, we can expand the resources and reserve because we can mine lower grade, lower grade. We, we have huge potential on the e-pleach. You know, we have mentioned uh, earlier that, that e-pleach can can bring us 40 to 50,000 ounces per year or more because we're not mining any, you know, one-gram type material. And then huge land position there, huge target. And this is where Henry and the team are going to focus by the end of this year and early next year to, to bring resources at the at lower grade that, that will justify the, the e-pleach option, and then the mill option to be, to upgrade the mill, it's not very costly. Like I said, it's already planned like that. You just add tanks on the flotation circuit and then, you know, the cyanidation circuit also to, to increase capacity. So the, the unlocking that will permit to mine zones that right now we're mining right next to it underground. We have the development done, but because they're lower than cutoff grade, we, we don't mine them. We have already paid for all the infrastructure. Uh, ramping down and then getting access, so it will have. But what's the amount of ounces uh, right now? Let let us finish the study, then we'll see what we can bring into the uh, the mineral inventory.
7: Okay, that sounds good. Great, thanks a lot for taking my questions.
2: Thanks, Daniel.
1: Thank you. Once again, please press star one on your device keypad if you have a question. The next question is from Mike Parkin with National Bank. Please go ahead.
8: Hi guys, thanks for taking my question. Uh, a follow up on the, the inventory comment that you've, you've got excessive inventory now. What's the thought of that going into 2022? Is that something that you would be looking to maintain levels at
2: or draw it down to more normalized levels? Well, good morning, Mike. Uh, we're still in the pandemic, so there's no, <laughs> there's no reason for us to reduce our inventory for now and the plan right now is to continue nothing will change in our in our uh, planning for i'll say at least next year and probably the next three years forecast that we're going to release the inventories are high but we benefit of having our inventory there was a price to pay in 2020 to do that but now we're benefiting of of having done that right away when the pandemic start uh, last year okay uh and
8: then has there been any discussion with Tony McCooch at Kirkland now that the merger of equals with uh, IGNICO has been announced in terms of like what the vision is on Canadian Malarctic? It seems like possibly we might be seeing some expansion in budgets for exploration and certainly with that asset it's showing quite a bit of upside so maybe that's something that you guys would be
2: welcoming. And the answer is a no. Uh, Mike lets them do their deal, close their deal together later this month uh, or later in November. Then after that, I'm assuming uh, at the management committee level, then, then we're going to have discussion. So we'll speak with, with Tony at, at the time when the deal is closed. And then on, I think on the management committee level where the mines are managed and where Johan and his his, his counterpart at, at Agneco, the new Agnico, will, will continue to be the same. They... I don't, we don't see any changes and we'll be very happy to provide more money to the exploration as we generate, as you know, good, strong free cash flow. Malartic has been an amazing on exploration. I mentioned what day one today, the discovery of the year with East Goldie and that that East Goldie is always continuing to to grow. So we'll be happy to speak with Tony when it's the time. Okay.
8: Uh, And then just last one question for me, Uh, There's been a lot of chatter around labour tightness in Ontario and Quebec. Uh, For Quebec operations, are you seeing much in the way of price pressures to um, attract people to the Wasmac project, maintain staffing at Canadian Malartic?
2: I'll start with WASAMAC. The answer is no. Uh, We were able to attract very good people so far for the WASAMAC project. We are building the team there. We're close to rowan Aranda, so that helps a lot, I think, to attract people. There's many that are working in the mining industry. they work closer from home. Uh, so we've been able to attract good people. At Malartic, uh, the underground project is basically now uh, mostly a contractor thing. We're going to switch to our own employees in April. Uh, next year, we have started to, to hire people. I, I mean, on the staff side point of view, where we are, Hiring right now, we had no issues so far, but well, we will see when comes the time to uh, to go with the underground, but uh, you know, the open pit will, will go down in the future, there's people that I've already mentioned, they want to be transitioned from the open pit mining to the underground, so we have already these employees, they're working at the mine for many years, they want to stay and learn from the underground, so we're going to start training also uh, some of our actual manpower at the, the site, so we have not seen. That pressure at the, these two operation, but we'll see what happen uh, happen in in the future. But so far, no problem, uh, Mike. Great.
8: Uh, and one last question: uh, South America's obviously been a bit of a COVID hotspot through the pandemic. That seems to be, you know, turning a corner here with Q uh, three. There's a little bit of color in terms of employee availability. How do you guys see that kind of today? Is that the kind of best it's been in, you know, kind of year to date and and thus supporting further that call for a
2: very strong fourth quarter coming? Yeah, like uh, I mentioned, you know, Chile, to give an example, we have a 100% vaccination rate at the two mines. Uh, Jacobina is getting close, is above 80% now, and the same at Cerro Moro for first dose. And then as the vaccine is getting more available, then they're getting vaccinated. So Ferromoro is back in full production now for the last quarter and then this quarter. The other three mines, we had no issue since the beginning. We have no cases at any of our mines. So uh, we've put protocols in place at the beginning and then they're bearing fruit because we're, we're running the mines at, at full capacity, uh, like before the, the, the pandemic. We still have the same protocol at site, but the mines are, are running like normal. Great. All right, thanks. that's
8: it for me, guys. Thanks very much. Congrats you, on a good quarter. Thank you.
1: Thank you. The next question is from Ralph Rafidi with Eight Capital. Please go ahead.
4: Uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, good morning. Um,
8: Daniel, my, my first question
4: is on uh, Jacobina uh, and phase three permitting. Um, by your own account, uh, Phase two permitting has gone very well, uh, tracking ahead. Um, when it comes to phase three, do you think it's probably going to go as smoothly? Um, and I'm specifically talking about, you know, incremental issues such as tailings and use of the rail there, uh, is that's going to produce any more sort of scrutiny or more difficulties in getting the
2: permitting for phase three. Well, thank you, Raf. Good morning. So we're going to get permit for phase three when we get the permit next year. So the tonnage of 10,000, 10 per 10,000 tons per day. That's the permit we're going to get. So we need 8500 tons per day for the second phase. But we have asked a permit like we were doing phase three. See. So it's not a permit to 85, then another addendum to increase the permit to 10,000. We have decided to uh, to go directly to the 10,000. Understood. Okay. Um, and my second question is, you know, going back to the earlier comment about
4: incremental canadian malarctic investment now that we have sort of a new and bigger player um, is that changing your thinking on the pace at potential dividend bumps the pace at which we get um, uh, ncib action uh, you know just in order for yamana to sort of build up that that balance
2: sheet um, for what may be bigger capital commitments no balance sheet is pristine so we can afford giving more dividends buying back more shares and then continue to invest, if needed, more in Canadian Arctic. We're going at a very high speed pace there to, you know, I mentioned the head frame; it's it's ahead of plan, now we're working on the other infrastructure, so if we need to spend more and more money on the ground at one point, you know, we have, I think, 12 drills or 14 drills at Malarctic mm-hmm. right now. Can we go to more drills? Yes, we can, but that's not an issue for us to continue to have the same priorities you know we had three before you know balance sheet that's fixed that's fixed so we're focusing on returning to shareholders and reinvesting in the in the, uh, in, the in the in the in the mines and in the, in the project but you know that's not an issue for us to put more money at, at Malartic or any of the other mines we have increased budget internally to all our mines Exploration uh, budget this year because it's going well, and then they have been successful to to find more answers. So that's not an issue. It's it's yeah. we should not hear that's a problem for Yamana, even if the, our partner is a bigger partner. Whatever we decide, if we have always decided since day one what we want to do at Malartic, I'm assuming it will continue to be uh, to be the same for both partners. We're 50/50 in there, and then it's going extremely well. I don't see any any changes we at the mine level we're going to deal with the same same people and then maybe on the corporate level will be a bit different but like i mentioned many time and i think both company mentioned uh, on my side and then on sean's side and and tony's side now in the future we nothing has ever come to the the higher management of the two company because there was you know, problem at the mind level that the, the management committee was is the board of director of the, the partnership, never, you know, the two groups together disagree on, on anything. So now it's going to be almost, it's what, seven and a half years that we were in partnership. It's going to be eight years in June next year. It's been a great partnership, and it will continue to be like that in, in the future. Yeah, that's really good news. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Ralph.
1: Thank you. There are no further questions registered at this time, so I will turn the meeting back over to Mr. Racine.
2: Well, thank you, operator. I thank you all for joining us on our third quarter 2021 conference call and webcast. We look forward to sharing more, a recap of our full-year performance in February. Please take care and stay safe. Bye for now.
1: Thank you. The conference has now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time, and we thank you for your participation.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for 4 dollars each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone.